to Kingdom Tuesday. Uh, thanks for joining me. The week is upon us. Let's do this thing. All right. It's my solo slot with Two Kingdom Tuesday and happy to take you through this particular uh, phase of our Two Kingdom journey. I have uh, been on a bit of a tangent um, thinking about Two Kingdom stuff like we, lo- we looked at the Lutheran thing last time and Kyperian comparison thingy and um, and then I've just kind of abandoned my Escondido theology uh, John Frame deal that got me onto triperspectivalism and I think I'm going to circle <clears throat> all the way back. So, some more Escondido theology. But I think what I'll do now is enough introduction, and that's basically all I've been doing, just kind of interacting with, uh, you know, how Frame himself sort of sees Escondido theology, mostly in the first few, the forward and the, and the introduction. So, nothing significant there, but just bouncing off of it to, um, uh, as I say, kind of look at what I think uh, is true of well, at least is true of a kind of theology that I want to affirm, uh, whether it be an Escondido theology or not. Uh, <clears throat> and that is half of the the battle with this thing. The book is such a, such a strange book um, in that, you know, the, it's just like the, the president of the Escondido seminary uh, doesn't really hold to anything that Frame is talking about. He's not even a two kingdom guy. So, like, it's just the wrong word, wrong word. But anyways, bottom line is, um, much we know, what, we know what he's talking about, We've um, certainly as we've worked through uh, so far. The good part of Escondido um, theology, and I'm not using it in a pejorative sense or, or derogatory sense, I, um, I'm thinking about what I really like about Escondido um, and the theologians that come from it. So Klein, of course, was a uh, professor there. Um, and you have like Van Drunen and um, uh, who else? Uh, Fesco and Estelle and all those guys. And um, even, you know, I, the reality is even um, they even allowed a little room for the Reformed Baptists for a while there with, um, with Jim Renian, um, who, who um, I actually saw his office and I think it was right opposite um either Fesco's office or Van Drunen or someone I can't remember now but but yeah so there was Jim you know in the midst of the Escondido stuff and so just got a special place in my heart plus um it's Two Kingdom so that's what we're talking about on Two Kingdom Tuesday um anyway so don't go buy the book you know it's I mean unless you're really into it and you and you want to like nerd out and read the stuff but there's this one particular section that I'm going to focus in on um for much the same reason that we've been doing thus far um, and, you know, who knows how long I'll keep going with this. <clears throat> it just provides it provides really handy sort of launch pad stuff into stuff I actually want to talk about anyway and um, deals with the the books that are relevant and some of them. So I'm, I'm not going to hold myself too stringently to this, um, to, you know, to doing a review of this book. That's not what this is. So please just don't hold your breath for anything like that. Um, rather, it's 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 just a tool. You know, I'm, I'm reading it and launching off of it and uh, I'm just... I'm, the reason I'm into frame, I, I haven't actually said this before on the podcast, and it might actually dispel some mystery if anyone's wondering why I'm so into frame um, at this point, uh, even though he's he's not a two kingdom guy or a Kleinian or anything. 
Uh, well, one of the reasons is because this book got my attention. And maybe that's what kind of sparked me off. On, on, well, in fact, it was the thing that, that got me thinking about how Frame compares with Klein. But then how it really uh, got serious for me is is looking at the PhD dissertation that I'm doing. Uh, it's likely going to end up being a uh, comparative analysis between fr- uh, Frame and Klein. So <laughs> that requires uh, just uh, ongoing sort of look at those things. So that's basically, you know, what's going to make my... Um, brain tick for a while so you know it's going to ooze out into this but hopefully that doesn't mean too much you know just one thing I mean uh, both uh, certainly Klein sort of hammers in on the biblical theology but I'm, I'm trying to I'm hoping the frame will come through in the, in the stuff I'm reading anyway in perhaps as more diverse topics um, I have to read it all so you know he covers quite a wide variety of things and I'll try and launch from that into different topics so I'm not just only talking about Kleinianism and Two Kingdom and, and that sort of thing which um, you know I can understand unless you're sort of seriously majoring in on those things uh, might get a little bit redundant or tedious uh, is probably a better word. Um, okay so with that in mind and just having some background there um, I wanted to look at um, the specific chapter with which is really the, the main focus for me in, in reading this book. Um, where he reviews um, Meredith Klein's Kingdom Prologue. Um, most of the book is uh, from the intro onwards is really just book reviews. Um, but I like the way that that he does that. Um, I think book reviews are a great way to interact with a thought with a um, you know another thinker, and um, I, I appreciate it when heavy hitting theologians actually review you know another book rather than try and take on too much or speak in abstractitudes. I mean, they, they look at an, act, an actual bit of text, and I don't know, I find that stuff to be the most helpful. So I don't uh, hold that against Frame for publishing a, um, you know, a series of reviews. I think that that's cool, you know, and it, it just gets you, if you really wanted to interact with it, you could go read the other books and see what he says and, you know. Um, so anyways, Kingdom Prologue, of course, is, is not an easy book to just read and interact with. And Klein... Um, himself, I mean, you know, it's really an accumulation of all of his lectures over the years. Um, he doesn't even have footnotes or any scholarly sort of uh, the typical accoutrements that go along with a book like that. Um, so it's, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to read it, you'd have to imbibe it. And, and I think that Frame did do that. I mean, from what he, from what he looks, uh, from what he says uh, in this review, I mean, you can tell that he he knows he knows what Klein has said, which is helpful. Um, he might have I don't know maybe misunderstood him at one or two points, but but he um, it's not like he's just a, a complete novice, which I appreciate. Um, you know, if anything, you get a sense. Okay, well, these are two heavy hitting guys. I mean, Frame with all these peculiarities and Klein with all these kind of idiosyncratic things going on there. It's you do feel though that these are two heavy hitting theologians, and you know it's good to be able to just see them. Or see uh, Frame interact directly with him. Um, all this is on Two Kingdom Tuesday, by the way. Again, just because uh, Klein is is regarded as the granddaddy of the Reformed Two Kingdom movement uh, in many senses, or at least the one that provided the major exeget- exegetical basis for uh, Reformed Two Kingdom theology. So I'm thinking now, not spe- not not so much the the flow of history in Two Kingdom thought, but that specific brand that's come out of Escondido at this point. Uh, most, uh, I think it's fair enough to say most would refer back to Klein. You see him 
uh, perhaps not as much as he should be, but often in the footnotes of the works of Fesco and Van Drunen and so forth, and Horton. Uh, let's not forget Horton. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, and you can understand. I mean, if you've read King of Prologue, the whole thing is just this. It's huge, and it's uh, it's an amazing biblical theological basis for. Um, for two kingdom thinking. In fact, you know, that's the title. It's actually called Kingdom Prologue Genesis Foundations for a Covenantal Worldview. And um and, and the worldview angle there is really the two kingdom, you know, the ultimate expression there of, of a two kingdom theology. Um so with that in mind, um he says of all the books, uh this is framed now, <clears throat> he says of all the books reviewed in this volume, this one is easily the most impressive. Klein was a master of the biblical text and of the literature of the ancient Near East. Um, and, you know, you read through, and I've, I mentioned uh, I was reading through Frame's autobiography a while ago, um, Theology of My Life, and you see that come through again and again. He definitely regarded Klein highly. Uh, he even describes him as one of his heroes, uh, which, you know, perhaps takes... Uh, would take you by surprise uh, in that he's going against him here, but but um, no, he he really appreciated Klein, and uh, he says it again and again and again. Um, certainly on the matters pertaining to Klein's speciality, um, I, I frame seems to indicate that he just has never met anyone like Klein. Um, he makes a comment, something along the lines of, you know, none of the faculty, because he worked with, of course, he worked with. Um, Klein on, on faculty at Westminster for a while, and he says none on faculty would even dare debate Klein on any point of Hebrew exegesis or anything like that. Um, and actually, I've got a quote here from Theology of My Life. He says, Meredith was brilliant in his own field. I would never have dreamed of arguing with him uh, on a point of Hebrew exegesis. So there you have it. You know, he acknowledges Klein's speciality and uh, ancient Near Eastern stuff and and he sat in on many many classes. He was not only a teacher at Westminster with Klein, but he was a student at Westminster when Klein taught, and this would be the, the other Westminster, um, which is interesting as well. So he sat in, he talks about sitting in on those classes and um, and actually being, you know, the whole thing is quite ironic because he gets formed through those classes. Um, he talks about the things that Chris and I often joke about, like Klein just presented this whirlwind on the on the on the chalkboard, and there's just chalks and uh, chalk and dust flying everywhere. Um, didn't give any students any notes. You know, the Hebrew exams were just like nightmarish, um, or the Hebrew classes and uh, you know caliber and level. But he made it through, and um, I suppose that's testimony enough to to Frame's ability in Hebrew. Um, he made it through there. He uh, obviously, Frame's got a lot of Greek behind him as well, and um, and so you know he respected him, and and, and Klein formed him. Um, again, here's another quote from Theology of My Life. Uh, but he became a hero of mine for his willingness to think creatively and oppose traditions within the bounds of Reformed orthodoxy. And I think that's the key right there. I mean, Frame really connected with Klein, on, from what I can tell anyway, on, on, the, on this issue of Klein, the stuff that we love Klein for, his, his creativity within orthodoxy. Now, now, that's not saying that he was ever, you know, moving beyond orthodoxy, but he's just, he didn't ever get enslaved to the confessions. You read through Kingdom Prologue, you realize, if anything, the confessions are kind of indebted to Kingdom Prologue, not the other way around. 
um, to to find this deep exegetical basis for the stuff that we just dogmatically assert all the time. So you can only imagine just reading through some of Frame stuff. Frame stuff, at least you um, you realize he he appreciates um, original thinking. Um, you know, as I've said before, he's kind of like a biblicist kind of figure and. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't like to be enslaved to any kind of traditional uh, anything, and so you can imagine how Klein would have ticked the boxes for him. And then, of course, just the insights that Klein would have yielded. I think, it, as with anyone who sits through uh, Klein's classes or reads his books, I mean, you just are wowed. And I think it wasn't lost on frame, which is good to hear. Um, you know, it would worry me if someone didn't acknowledge that. It really would. But it sort of lends some credibility to whatever is coming up by way of his acknowledgement of this point. He says in uh, Escondido Theology, uh, it's amazing how Klein marshals so many details of the biblical text to show how they relate to his overall view. Certainly his comprehensive synthesis sheds light on many problems of biblical theology. So, you know, Frame talks about that, and he actually goes on to talk about how this, this, you know, his... His observing of Klein in action, um, you know, showed him or proved to him that you know Westminster Seminary was the right place for him, and, and um, so yeah. Anyways, bottom line, he was super formative, and I suppose there's more that we could say there. Um, he really appreciated um, Klein's son as well, um, and you know, actually, that got me thinking. Now, it's almost like just uh, there's this weird point of comparison between the two in that. They both appreciated this kind of freshness in their exegesis, but both both men uh, have really got hammered by the same thing. Yeah, um, Klein for his views on the Sabbath and republication. You know, uh, I, I know he strategically held off, and it got me thinking about it now. Just mentioning his son uh, on Glory Cloud, there is this uh, interview where uh, he's talking about the way that his. Uh, uh, Meredith M. Klein talks about his dad, um, you know, just kind of uh, hanging off on publishing God, Heaven and Armageddon just because that really brings out his views on the Sabbath and knew that would cause um, trouble. And even, uh, you know, the way that Meredith M. Uh, just just talks about his irritation and uh, people wanting to kind of take his dad to task even when he was uh, sick just before he died. And so, but, you know, and you get the same thing from Frame. I mean, shame, you can't help it. I mean, Frame is bleeding, man. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that, you know, right or wrong, you just, where's the love, guys, is, is some of the, the, the thinking I come away with. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's just some, sometimes a little bit sad, to be honest. But, um, but, you know, I suppose that's, that is something of the price in a confessional, scenario for the freshness of thinking that both men have shown you know and let's just leave it at that for this this point uh, rather than trying to show who's right and who's wrong right now but um with that in mind you know here's the here's the takeaway um he you know frame learns a lot from klein and you know, the big irony i find is just that that um, he actually, he says um, in Theology of My Life, uh, in the Doctrine of Scripture course that he later would teach, he added some of the ideas that he learned from Klein uh, that would appear from uh, Treaty of the Great King and Structure of Biblical Authority. And in fact, you know, uh, he talks about still following his example, 
today. Uh, he says that in Escondido Theology. Let me see if I can find it quick. I saw him as a wonderful example, he says, of a scholar who delighted to come up with creative ideas while remaining within the bounds of Reformed Orthodoxy. I aspired to follow him in these ways, and I still do, uh, even with all the stuff that's gone on. So that's that's worth keeping in mind. And then, you know, what I was going to say about the irony thing is that uh, apparently, uh, and I haven't looked enough into this, but, uh, you know, f- just going on what Frame says, um, he says that uh, when he was forming his perspectivalism, um, a lot of it was coming down to his study of lordship, and a lot of what he was um, getting there was being confirmed by Klein stuff. Um, let me see if I can find that one from you. Oh, for, for you. Uh, he says, uh, and this is from Theology of My Life, in these passages, the idea of control, authority, and presence, so there's the, there's the tri-perspectival thing, uh, kept emerging as he's sort of studying this thing. Uh, I verified, he says, this analysis by other studies, such as Klein's understanding of the suzerainty treaty structure of the Decalogue and Deuteronomy. Uh, In that structure, the great king shows his control over past events, historical prologue, his authority over the the vassal, uh, stipulations, his presence to bless and judge, the sanctions. Uh, From this point on, various threefold distinctions uh, parallel to these began to startle me, popping up out of uh, many Bible passages and theological and philosophical concepts. So this triperspectivalism uh, began to characterize all my teaching and later my published books and articles. So isn't that interesting that he roots that into something that he kind of saw in Frame's work? <laughs> now, the, I mean, the big irony is that perspectivalism is going to be the thing that Frame uses to challenge Klein's concept of the cultic boundary, which is like the, the definitive one kingdom slash two kingdom issue. Um, and yet, you know, he got it from Frame. Uh, he got it from Klein, Klein at least. So, you know, uh, that's that's something worth checking out some more. And I plan to, but uh, just on the on the front end, yeah, just just thinking about this and um, and uh, their their interaction with one another. That's that's a really interesting uh, thing right there. Um, and so, I think um, you know, obviously, from everything didn't stay simpatico with uh, with uh, Frame and Klein. Um, and in fact. You start getting that as soon as you move through the book. He says, "Look, look, this is going to be a critical review," um, and uh, you know, again, syncing that up with what you read in theology of my life. Um, he, he starts to, you know, as soon as he gets on faculty, and he sees Klein kind of interacting outside of his speciality, he was less impressed with him. That you know, he says that very, very, very clearly. And um, and I think here he's thinking of of things like philosophy and general culture and and that sort of thing. Maybe he's just not impressed with Klein's Two Kingdoms stuff. I don't know, um, but he just didn't seem as impressed as he did uh, with him on the the ancient Near East slash Hebrew slash exegesis slash biblical theology stuff. Um, and um, I think he kind of resented because he says here in um, Theology of My Life, Meredith seemed to think that his preeminence as an Old Testament scholar made him an expert in many other fields as well, not least apologetics. And um, of course, that's where Frame wants to you know, specialize. So you can understand that there would be able to clash there. Um, but then w- one of the things that, that became a thing, and uh, I, won't, I won't take the time to get into this, maybe we'll leave this for next time, is that Klein eventually took issue with frame um so you have a little bit of of interaction 
you know, uh, directly. And um, we'll hopefully get to go through that article from client side toward frame, challenging the perspectival thing directly. And um, and uh, maybe on the lead up to that, um, I'm not sure when exactly this happened, but but um, Klein basically, you know, just confronted Frame. Um, Frame himself talks about it, and um, they had some hard words. And uh, Klein thought he was um, misrepresenting Van Til, and and uh, you know, Frame wanted to to um, defend himself, um, and he actually had written. Um, his book on that and so presented the manuscript to Klein. Klein didn't want to read it and he thought that was the end of that but then eventually there's this um, Klein wrote a thing to the faculty and uh, it didn't it didn't apparently um, go all the way and 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 have its um, end point. Uh, Klein actually left the seminary before that could happen but anyway so there you start getting a bit of a sense of things going wrong and probably some sort of animosity that's working its way in between the two uh you know frame says they departed as colleagues and amicably and whatnot but um yeah it's just uh you can tell things weren't weren't totally cool so how much of the conflict derives from that personal tension uh we'll never know but you know it's just i suppose helpful to have that as a background uh thinking of the two characters as they connected in this uh, period of history uh obviously frame still being alive so that might be a little bit dramatic to say it that way um but yeah that's the that's a bit of an intro for what remains um we i won't look at anything more now but over the next few weeks um i'll try and just stick to this chapter and um just it's really good it's about 50 pages um really good in the sense that you know he gives Klein's work a full go and it'll give us a lot of a lot of opportunity to talk about the good stuff. We'll talk about uh, Klein stuff um, certainly as we as we look at um, at Frame's um, critique. But then also just you know the whole thing is particularly geared to think about Two Kingdom stuff. So you could put it on a Meredith Monday, but we're doing that cool thing with Chris on on Monday anyway. So it seems like a good slot to put this in on uh, on the Tuesday. So hopefully that, that that'll just leave us with a solid sense of where the debate lies. You know, at least with two, with with one, you know, with clients like if he's the grandfather of this thing, it it really helps that we get a get a good um, good grip on what Klein is saying about the Bible, which is informing a two kingdom view. And then if if Frame is the the big antagonist, you know, the guy who's written a a nasty book against uh, these guys, I mean, it it makes sense to let's look at Frame then. And uh, he's had this history. Let's see exactly what he's saying rather than like, you know, you could put Klein against a theonomist, for example. But I think to do via frame is a little bit more interesting because he's not a theonomist and he's sort of ducks and dives and you can't, it's hard to pin him. So you really have to be careful and you have to be on your toes when you, when you talk to him, um, you know, at least uh, use him as a conversation partner in terms of what he's written. And that will at least, you know, at least it will provide a balanced perspective on two kingdom theology and maybe file some of the hard edges off uh, at best. Um, I don't think he's going to win me over to one kingdom. I just don't see that happening. But, um, you know, again, he might, he might just make some good points. Um, and, and, you know, otherwise you just get really sharpened on your two kingdom stuff and, and why it is that you believe what you believe, contra frame. So there we go. There's a little bit of a, a spiel for you on Tuesday, right? Um, hope you have a good day if it's morning, if it's evening. Hope you have a good sleep. And I will catch you tomorrow with some trouble with my brother from the same mother. All right, bless you.